Welcome everybody back to the Fire Talk Podcast and YouTube channel. For today's episode, we're going to be going live talking about this Padres Royal series. Um, now, it was a good overall series. I think that like the things that we wanted to see from this team um, in terms of a bounce back series, we got to see. And then Sunday was kind of spoiled by two specific pitchers in Sean Benaya and Josh Hader, <laughs> who have basically been the exact same guys that have been struggling um, for quite some time now. So that was a little bit frustrating uh, to watch today. Um, and the offense, like they were showing life, they were coming back like consistently. Okay, like decent lead in the in the first inning. Party's offense kind of claw, claws back. Then the Bill Chris Mack gets a, I think it was three runs charged against him. Then they kind of extend the lead, and then the, the Padres start climbing back. And then finally, when Josh Hader ended up coming in later in the game, it just got out of hand. But overall, for the series, I think the big thing was we got to see some offense finally. We got to see some home runs. We got to see I felt like just a better approach at the plate, a lot more aggressive. Um, for the Padres. So overall, I think it's a very positive series. Now it would have been fantastic to see a, a series sweep, but I think the Padres have a couple, a couple guys that are really causing almost all of their problems right now. Isaac, I think you feel the same way. So um, what are you feeling right now about after the series though? Um, I wouldn't say confident. I still feel, I'd be lying if I said I, I didn't still feel a little discouraged. Um, just because you've blown a lot of games, you blew two to the Nationals, two to the Marlins, you got swept by the Guardians. So, like, you know, of course, taking two of three in any series is fantastic, but um, you also kind of want to sweep the Royals because realistically, when we were talking about it earlier in the season, we were kind of like, oh, you know, September is somewhat of an easy schedule. Now, looking at it, the Dodgers nine times is not fun. The Cardinals now lead their division. They're a very good team. We typically struggle against the Cardinals anyway. Uh, the White Sox, I'm not sure how they're doing. They're doing a little better than than I remember, though. And then you still got to play the Mariners so like, and the Giants a few times. So there's still a tough road ahead of us, kind of similar to last year, where you know there were, there were a lot of playoff aspirations, playoff ho hopes, but it was a very long, tough road to get there, and ultimately we didn't end up getting there. Even with the playoff format this year, we wouldn't have got there last year. But granted, you you you're kind of putting yourself in a position where you should succeed. Granted, Manaya doesn't exactly help. He is almost a guaranteed L. So this is what I'm thinking for that Manaya start against LA. Remember, he's slated to line up or he's slated to start in on Saturday in LA against Tony Gonsolin. However, you absolutely cannot afford for that to happen. You can't do that. There's no way Bob Melvin says, all right, the way you've been throwing recently, I 100% expect you to go ball out in LA against Tony Gonsolin. Because last time in LA, he was out after, what, two, three innings? Bob Melvin didn't even want to let him go anymore. And Manaya was saying, please let me go so I can at least help the bullpen. And he said no. What should happen is Clevenger's throwing what is it tomorrow i think or maybe the next day tomorrow and then they have a day off after that giant series clevenger should throw that saturday instead of Man manaya that would i believe be on regular rest and it should be good right yeah is that is that does that sound right yeah but clev would probably throw sunday then or sunday you know would I mean? be fine would go sunday and then darvish yeah, yeah. that that works perfectly yeah that works great also for sure because darvish is throwing what the 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 first game and then it's and then it's is it uh, darvish then musgrove it's supposed to be darvish manaya and then 
Clevenger. I don't know. I don't know how it's all working right yeah. now, but um, one thing's for sure. You cannot afford to have Mania going up against LA. So um, realistically, you kind of want to have, if you can, Darvish, Snell, Darvish, Clevenger, Snell, Darvish, Snell, Clevenger, whatever it is, that's realistic, realistically what you want. Of course, Musgrove in there doesn't hurt. You love having Musgrove in kind of almost any situation. Has He he only allowed two earned runs yesterday, so it's not like he was struggling. But Dude, he's his struggles have been getting overblown, I think. I think so, too. I think so, like, too. I think, I think he's been fine. Manias haven't. Obviously, Josh Haters haven't. Yeah. Um, I think there's been some guys where like, we've been talking about him. I think the Bills' struggles have actually been a little bit underrated. I think the Bills' been kind of bad for a little bit, honestly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I don't. I don't really think like I. I, I like Musgrove against the, the Dodgers. Still, I still think that's fine to do that. Um, Snell probably would be a little bit better just because he's been a lot. He's been better lately. His last, I think, it was his last start. This start before wasn't that encouraging, but I don't know. Um, piggyback Benaya with Reese Kinnear. <sighs> I, you you can't really take like. If Hater, I don't know. It depends what they do with Hater because Hater does not seem like he can come into a game right now. Um, and we'll, we're, I think we're gonna have an episode on that tomorrow too. But like Hater looks so bad. So if they were to like send him down or something, then maybe Kinnear. But so everyone else in the bullpen is pitching so well. Besides, yeah. mm-hmm. there's been like three guys in the staff right now that have been bad for the past. Did you see the stat like for the past however many games? And it totally got jacked up today. But this was after yesterday's game. The Padres like bullpen ERA had been like a one five and it had been like a month or something like that. They've been fantastic. They've been fantastic. And it's really it's easy to like look over that just because Josh Hader's struggles have been emphatic and they've been em- emphasized amongst especially as Padre fans, but even in the media, those struggles have been emphasized. So it's easy to forget that Tim Hill has been fantastic. Uh Luis Garcia has been solid. Nick Martinez has easily been one of the best bullpen arms in all of baseball. So um, this bullpen is still really good. I don't know what's going to happen with Josh Hader. We're supposed to talk about that um, this upcoming week, so we don't really want to talk too much about it right now. We'd rather you guys go and watch that because that will be more in-depth. But just looking at it, you kind of don't want Josh Hader. You don't want Josh Hader up at all right now, which is very hard to say, but you know they're going to keep throwing him out there. So we just got to keep hoping for for better, which – it's very hard to hope right now, but did you certainly... did you watch his outing today? Oh, dude, no. I I, okay. so, <laughs> I watched I'll you, it. I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell you what I did. I watched Manaya. I watched Manaya. I said, "All right, you know what? I'm gonna turn this off. I'm only gonna watch them hit." And so I watched them hit mostly, and then I maybe watched an inning of somebody else pitching. But no, I, I want to hear about Hater though. Okay, so there's someone outside absolutely screaming right now. So if you guys can hear that, I'm sorry, but somebody's going ballistic outside right now. Um, but Josh Hader comes out, right? There was a pitch, Isaac. I shit you not. He bounced it in the grass. <laughs> Next pitch, way over Campy's head, Campy jumps up and catches it. And the bases are loaded because he had walked the previous guy. That like just that situation, I think, can paint the picture of how much of a disaster it was. It was absolutely horrible. Like, bro, at least when Manaya's pitching, like, and I, I'm not trying to, to rip him too hard because I mean, <laughs> but he hasn't been good this year. He just hasn't been good. But like, no. he's just throwing it down the middle every single time. Hater cannot even like he wasn't even close to the zone, dude. Like, it was all over the place. It was that bad. Like, it was one of. I was thinking about it. Like, do you remember that inning? Earlier this year, when Weathers pitched against the Cubs, I think it was the second inning. Oh, he was getting rocked. 
like that particular half inning where you were like, dude, this is like one of the worst half innings of pitching I've ever seen because it was like he would like bounce it, throw it over the catcher, or he'd throw it right down the middle of the plate. And it was like only those three spots for the whole inning, it felt like. Yeah. Haters might have been as bad today or even worse. Like it was that level. And and the thing is, it's not like we haven't seen these outings recently from Hater either. So like it's it's rough, man. I, I don't know. I think that you you definitely you can't really expect anything from them. I don't I do not think that they're gonna build a throw. Like you were saying that, that you think they're gonna throw him out. I don't think they can. I think he's that bad right now. He looks completely it broken. It is it is crazy that we're talking about Josh Hader like this. And it's also like one of those things too. He wasn't good before he got traded from the Brewers. And like we hadn't been locked in on him. Bro, if you're about to trade for a guy, like it's looking bad, dude. It's looking it like a horrific trade. It is. It um, is. It's um. It is nonetheless very discouraging because you you really thought you were getting the best closer in baseball. You really came in thinking, all right, you might blow one game the rest of the year. But other than that, if we're going in with, with a ninth inning lead, we're winning. He's blown them all. I think maybe outside of one, he's blown them all. Um, I, I just saw a comment, what can go wrong against the Giants? Everything. <laughs> you can get swept. Um, but – Realistically, I mean, you got Clevenger against Radon. I kind of expect to lose that one. I'm not gonna lie. Bro, this is this is messed up. Do you, have you seen the the like the the lineup, the starting they're, pitching lineup? They're throwing Radon and then Webb, and then eh, Woods. Not that good, but still, he had a good. He had a really Bro, good outing against us last time. No, no, Woods not that good, but Wood against the Padres. Yeah, you might as well a, throw Jacob Degrom out there, bro. Exactly. It's been that. It's been that level. <laughs> yeah, he is really good. So. um I don't know. I don't know. We should take two. If we don't take two, then I'm. I hit the panic button like last series. I will not against the Guardians. I had already hit the panic button. It gets harder and harder for me to watch by the day. Whereas I think you know, a few weeks ago, I kind of have a really long leash where, like, if they were losing, I would just sit there and watch the whole game and hope for the best. Now, if something, if an inning like Manias happens, I turn it off. <laughs> so. It's not that it's not that I don't believe in them. It's that it is getting very, very frustrating. The the type of team this is because this is the type of team that's proven like they're either going to lose by a lot or they're going to win by a lot. There's no in between. It feels like there's no competitive games around. You had that four to three game against the Royals. But other than that, it feels like either they're getting blown out or they're doing the blowout. So um, I, I don't know. It's very hard watching them. But of course, I'm still gonna watch him. Um, yeah, Blake. Uh, I have full confidence in Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove to be able to win their starts. Both have been pretty solid. Joe Musgrove against the Giants has been pretty solid. Uh, but Mike Clevenger against Carlos Rodon that is a really, really hard matchup considering how how trash the Padres have been against that type of pitching. Last time, Rodon threw a complete game with maybe a run allowed or no runs yeah, allowed. Yeah, ju- just one run. Yeah. So. And we already brought up who's it Wood. Wood is yeah. great. Mm-hmm. And who's the other guy? Webb. Webb. They're throwing, dude. They're throwing their three guys in. How many games back are they right now? I want to see. They are seven and a half game back, bro. This is this is the last chance for the Giants, honestly. Yeah, they got to do something in this year because like they, they have to start making up games asap. So this is kind yeah. of like, I, I honestly am not. I would not be surprised if they adjusted their starting pitching rotation, where like they like how we we're talking about the Dodgers, where they like skipped a day or something. Right. to throw these three guys out because that yeah. makes perfect sense for where they're at right now. They're seven and a half games back from the Padres. 
Um, and then the Brewers are obviously only a game and a half from the Padres, so they're even behind the Brewers too. Yeah, um, and and you'll never guess. You'll never guess who's <laughs> after those games. We face Urias and Gonsolin. Urias hasn't been that good against the Padres. Do we yeah. do we face May, bro? Don't tell me. No, face I'm not May, sure, but he's really good against the Padres. But things Urias, he had he ever since the All Star break, he's been better than Blake Snell, and we. We really? Can, yeah, he's been really, really good. Um, so they, really, so the Padres got their work cut out for them. This they week, do. What you're saying? They do. Yeah, they do. So we'll see how they do, man. I mean, they can't afford to. to they, this is why it was so important to take games from the Guardians and the Nationals and the, and even the Royals, because you knew this was coming. You knew this was coming, and they didn't take advantage. Yeah, no, this is a tough one for sure. I mean, oh god, no way. So I went to look and see who the who the, who the Brewers played. Bro, you know who they played next series? Who? Brewers. I'm sorry, the, the Brewers played the Pirates and then the Diamondbacks. Oh, so this is insane. <laughs> this is not good. This is a terrible yeah, spot. This is horrible. I mean, so I do think there's some positives though, just in terms of how the team is performing, not schedule wise. The schedule that's that's a rough fucking week, dude. That is a rough week. Um but hitting wise, Josh Bell's coming around. Yeah. Bill Myers is the hottest he's been all season. Mm-hmm. Jake Cronworth has been all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Manny, Manny's, Manny was insane today. Soto's back. It's, that's a huge thing. Like we didn't really talk about it too much, but because like Soto missed like one day, didn't really know how much it was going to be. But when he missed the the first game of the series, it was kind of like, oh, this is really sus. Like, is oh, he going to yeah. miss a week or so? Is he going to miss a lot? Um, it's huge that he's back. Um, and then another guy that we were talking about the pitching that just hasn't really been good. I know everyone wanted to rip Josh Bell for a while, but dude, Brandon Drury has been bad. Crash. He's been really bad. Like that's not really getting talked about. I feel like that much. Um, Campy's up. It was nice to see Campy get a couple knocks today. Except the uh, the pickoff play at second was one of the stupidest things, dude. But but everyone in the Padres has done that this year. You notice that? Like the base running has been so horrific. So That's many guys have been getting picked off. Mm-hmm. That was that was rough because that was also it was six to two, and then it was a two run shot that made it six to four. It would have been six five after been that, yep. like like two pitches later to Manny, and it was also Manny that was up. Yep. Okay, yep. that's a guy that hasn't really been talked about struggling, but I mean, outside of him, like I think Josh Bell heating up is is absolutely massive for this team because if he can hit cleanup and play how he's played throughout his career and not be like a shell of himself like some of the other guys that have been traded for. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be that would be big time for this team, especially if you can get like Myers all right at the bottom. Profar really hasn't been that good, but like if Profar's all right, if you know if like guys are just hitting okay, and you have a few guys that are hot like Soto, Machado, and Myers and Bell, that's over. That's like half your lineup right there. So yeah, yeah you, gotta, you, at, you gotta bank on it. <laughs> you have to, and I mean, you look at you look at Brandon Jury, his. His struggles need to be emphasized a lot more, a lot more than they're being talked about right now. I mean, he has a 203 batting average with barely over a 500 OPS in his last 15 games, and it looks like less than a 400 OPS in his last seven. That that's not going to cut it. I mean, it's just you look at the lineup as a whole, right? And you see, all right, catcher has been definitely. Catcher's been a struggle. Catcher's been a struggle because Alfaro strikes out almost 40% of the time and he's hurt. Nola doesn't hit for power. And Campusano, everyone talks about Campusano's struggles behind the plate. And a lot of people were blaming Campusano for, for what happened today with Sean Manaya. Bro, 
Campuzano's not throwing the ball down the middle at like 89 miles per hour. Campuzano's, Campuzano's I didn't get that either. Yeah, Campuzano's asking for the ball up, and this is throwing it down the pipe. Campuzano asked for a ball low and in the zone, and it was it leaked over the plate. He was just missing his spots. It is not at all on Campuzano. It's just that people have this mindset where Campuzano's such a bad catcher that he oh he's not calling good pitches. He's not asking for it in the right spot. He's not framing right. Like no, this is all on Sean. That was all on Sean Manaz's poor location. Um, but nonetheless, catcher has definitely been a little bit of a struggle lately where you're kind of banking on Campusano. <laughs> so kind of... Does this mean you believe in Campusano? I think that's what it means, right? Campusano lever? <laughs> sounds about right. It sounds about right. Um, but you're kind of banking on Campusano being the prospect that, that you were hoping for. Um, and then you look at the rest of it, right? First base, Josh Bell's coming around. Jake, almost a four-war season. Hassan Kim's been magnificent. In, in Tatis's absence, Machado's been great. Profar's in a little bit of a slump, but before that, he was pretty damn good. Grisham, Grisham, he's very, he's basically Joey Gallo. And then right field, you got one of the best hitters. So it's like when you look at it from a lineup standpoint, like you're like, damn, this is a good lineup. It's just that they don't, I feel like they're not coming together. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it feels like they're playing individually rather than as a team. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. So, I was feeling a lot like that earlier. I felt way better about it this series. Yeah. The problem is, like I said, there's a few guys that are just, they've been horrible. Like, there's no other way to put it. They've been horrible. We talked about Sean Mania. Dude, Sean Mania losing every fifth day is not helping your squad. That is absolutely killing you. And then, like, when you have a guy like Clev, who's like, Clev's been in kind of like a little bit of a slump, it makes that so much worse because you're losing games when, like, like when you start losing multiple games and like you're almost losing every single like a fifth like the fifth day every single time, and then when you cannot trust Josh Hader and when a guy that's consistently hitting four or five is going over four with three strikeouts every game and Drury like it's it's killing you. That's the thing. And before when the Padres like when we like maybe what like after the national like after that national series last weekend when we were talking about it, we were like all right, they look like terrible because. It was just no one was producing besides Machado and, and Soto. And that was it. Like, And then Bell finally started to at the end. And, and now Bell's been hitting. And now like more guys are seeing, like, seeming like they're hitting. Um, and I feel like like there has been a lot more like, I don't know, like a better like overall lineup and like better hitting. Like, I don't know what you really know what to call it. Like you're saying like hitting as like a team. It's like hitting like, I don't know, like the flow is better throughout the lineup. Like guys are sacrificing. I, I feel a little bit more confident about that. But like. The problem is like there's not really that much of a margin for error now because you just blew the all those easy games right before. That's the mm-hmm. problem. Like I don't think they're gonna, I don't think they're gonna play like in that slump. But the question now for me is like, is it enough? Is it enough to even get you to the playoffs? And the Brewers are not good. That's the thing. The Brewers are not a good team. You play the yeah. Ace just says you play the Dodgers nine more times. Um, also, you mentioned Joey Gallo. I, I have to bring this up. I'm sorry, but. My my roommate's a Dodger fan, and so he's been telling me every single day. He's been balling, bro, dude. And remember who said Ryan said that? Ryan said, "Yeah, bro, just re- get ready." That 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 is actually we, we so all annoying. Knew. We all knew. No, yeah, that that one made sense, but I don't want to talk too much about about him. But let's see, like this schedule, like, and the Brewers' schedule is being a little bit underrated. Like people are saying, like it really sucks. It doesn't really suck. They play like some legit teams, and they can't. Oh, they actually think they actually won the series, but they've been losing a bunch of games against the Cubs. Um. And like like really bad teams, mm-hmm. but like 
probably still play the Diamondbacks seven times after this week, like in the next two week period. Like you can still like, and and they've been playing the Diamondbacks well, um, besides Merrill Kelly, of course. Uh, but but like, I don't know. Uh, this is a good question though. Do you guys not? Do you guys regret not trading Alfaro for Contreras? If it was Alfaro and some decent prospects for Contreras, yes. Um, actually. You know, you, you bring that up, Devin. I actually looked at because I was very curious. I was thinking at the time, I think it was like a week ago. I was very curious because I had just watched a, another weird Jorge Alfaro at bat. And I was like, how's Contreras doing right now? Right. And honestly, obviously it was a lot better than, than Alfaro. But it's not it's not the Contreras that you would have been trading for. Granted, if he comes to San Diego, he's probably doing worse because of that whole, you know, acclimation process, going from team new teams to a new team. And he's not like Juan Soto where, you know, Juan Soto could ball out in whatever jersey he's wearing. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I do in a sense that Contreras is a proven commodity and he he definitely brings a lot of uh, maybe a lot of protection to some other guys and the strikeout numbers aren't there and maybe he's more disciplined at the plate. Um, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. You're definitely getting a lot of struggles right now at the plate from the catchers. So, I don't know. Okay, hypothetical. Let's go back to this Josh Hader trade. Yeah. Um. Obviously, everyone's looking at the Josh Hader trade, going, "Yeah, we don't want these guys back, right? Like, yeah. we don't want them. Like, or we want them back. We don't want right now. You don't feel like you, you want, don't Josh, want Hader. Josh Hader, right? Um. I'm trying to look at who the trade was. I know it was Denilson Lamette. I'm trying to find what it was. Estuary Ruiz. And Robert Gasser? Robert Gasser. And, and Rogers? Yes. Would you take Estre Ruiz and Robert Gasser, add them to Alfaro, and move them for Contreras? Estre Ruiz, Robert. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a, that would have been way better hindsight. I mean, of course, hindsight's 20. Hindsight, but like, yeah, exactly. But, like, that was something that was discussed. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, and, and if you look at it, what's the difference in wins? That could be like seven wins, bro. Yeah. Like legit, that could be like seven wins. Completely. And like, imagine if Contreras, okay, like right when they got here, like we had talked about how guys, a lot of guys slump. If you add Contreras, you probably don't add Drury. That's true. Like, and I'm not, I'm also like, keep in mind, like I was really against adding Contreras. I, I want to put that out there. Like I was wrong. Like that's how I feel right now. But I feel like looking back, it's like, damn, that would have been so much better for the outcome of the season. But Oh, yeah, I don't know. There's That's the thing that's so annoying right now is I think that the team is playing a lot better and they weren't a couple weeks ago. So it's like, okay, you're you know, you're know going through, like this is a time where you got to go make the playoffs. And it's like, yeah, but you've just screwed up the last two weeks and now there's like three guys that are just completely blowing it for you. So I, I don't like, I haven't like lost faith. I, I don't think like I lost faith that they're going to make the playoffs. I still think they are. But they're not taking over where it's not becoming like a question that we're asking. And that's what we should have seen. And that's what we wanted to see after the Juan Soto trade where it's like, okay, Soto's here, Bell's here. Boom, boom, boom. They just rip off all these wins. And right now, hopefully, you know, we'd have like a an, an eight-game lead over the Brewers. Not a game and a half. And that's why it's like, okay, you've fallen from the – you fall, first off, you've fallen from the fourth seed to the fifth seed after – like early on in the season – and now you went from the fifth seed to the sixth seed, and now you're barely up in the sixth seed. So it's like you are not going in the right direction at all. Um, Completely. What do you think about this question from uh, – actually, go ahead about that, and then we'll get into this question from Matthew. Oh, man, I mean, yeah, I don't want to get 
too much. I, I, I do want to answer that. That is a really good question. Um, but in terms of what the Padres are right now, I think we can easily say everyone knows their, their, their destiny. They control their destiny. They controlled it in terms of this whole 12-game stretch against, you know, Nationals, uh, Royals, Indians, or, oh, my God, I'm sorry, Guardians, um, and the Giants. You controlled your destiny, and so far they've blown it. So I don't know, I don't know how to feel. I mean, I like you, Matt. I do believe they still will make the playoffs i wanted them to make it as the fourth or the fifth seed i do want to see them play at home but right now that's not looking very likely it looks like you are going to have to settle with playing on the road um so i don't know uh it's just that it feels so weird right now because when the when the hitting is on the pitching is not on when everything else is on something's wrong with the defense when when you're winning a game, the closer comes in and blows it. This team is not – they're not in sync right now. They're not playing good collective team baseball. It's very its its very um, one-sided where only one side of the ball is going at one time, whereas earlier in the season, yeah, you weren't hitting very well, but you had a really good recipe. Pitching and defense with great timely hitting was winning you so many ball games to a point where you were – to 20 a game 20 games above 500 at one point 20 plus games and at one point like two or three games up in the nl west and now you've lost that you lost that timely hitting aspect where now recently you've been one of the worst teams with runners in scoring position and your starters are not doing what your starters were doing earlier in the season granted you know it's only mania and mm, clevenger has been in it been hasn't been as good musgrove's had his bad starts but it's just not what they were at one point. So it is a very different, it, it feels like a very different team, not only because there are new faces, but these new faces were supposed to bring better results, better results with runners in scoring position, more power. And I feel like they've probably brought a little more power, but where you've been lacking significantly is that timely hitting. Timely hitting wins ball games, good pitching wins ball games. They got the defense, but they've just they they haven't come through runners in scoring position and that's that's been the biggest drawback as of late so i got a quick question for you just about that because i obviously didn't really play that much but you've had more you know time playing baseball actually hitting a lineup and having like the feel and the energy and like all of that kind of part of the game do you think a lot of that can just be like knowing your teammates like in terms of like if you get on base and like having the confidence in like the guy kind of coming up to bring you in, like, do you think that kind of like there's like a part of the game where it's like you got to have faith in your own guys in a way? Because I feel like a lot of times, yeah. like, we see the Padres strike out all the time when they mm-hmm. just seem to get guys over, and like that's the part that's really burned them with guys in scoring position. Like, do you think that there's something to that, or do you think that's kind of like not a thing? <laughs> Team confidence is everything, dude. Team confidence is everything when you're winning ball games and. And, you know, you got confidence in everyone in front of you and everyone in back of you. you a lot of that uh, team chemistry is essentially what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say. That changes everything. You win so many ball games just based off confidence in your lineup, in the guys around you. And I feel like a lot of these guys are having very indiv- individualistic at bats and approaches at the plate um, where they're trying to. I feel like some of them are just trying to play hero ball and they don't really need to do that. Um being able to get guys on and get guys over is basically what, what their winning recipe was earlier in the season. Playing very unselfish baseball is what they were doing earlier in the season, knowing that they're going to have to pick up the slack for for essentially knowing they didn't have the power and losing Tatis. They knew they were going to have to pick up the slack, and it really doesn't feel like they're playing 
team baseball right now playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, team baseball. So um, I think what you're bringing up is one of the biggest things in all of baseball in terms of a team sport, just because I think when I was playing and, and my teams would go on runs, it was just confidence in everybody, you know, confidence knowing like we could win this game no matter how many runs down we were, like just being able to do your job and put up competitive at bats, put up good at bats, you know, get deep into the pitch count, whatever it is. I think that was one of the biggest things to emphasize in terms of, 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 uh, of your at bat. Um, and I feel like parties haven't been doing that lately. Yeah, no, I, I figured it would be cool to hear your insight on that just because, you know, you kind of have the feel of like, and we've talked about like how like hitting in a different spot in the lineup a lot last year when we were talking about Tangler's lineups where, where you bring up like, dude, it's still <laughs> so much different. Like if I'm hitting in the three hole and then I'm hitting leadoff, like it's just a different feel to it all. Very, very. And it's so weird because baseball is like a sport, like, like it's one that you don't see it as much because it's essentially the pitcher versus the hitter, like to start every play. Where in football, it's like, oh, yeah, of course you need team, team chemistry. Like, of course, a quarterback's has to know when to throw to a wide receiver. Like, in basketball, like, yeah, of course. Like, you have to know when to get into help defense. Like, it's pretty obvious. But in baseball, it's not as obvious. But there's it still does really impact the game, which is – it's it's really interesting. Um, but I wanted to get to this question by Matthew. So, he said, how good do you think Morahone is going to be? I'd rather have him start than Manaya. So, I love Morahone. I think Morahone's going to be a sweet player. However – I don't know, and maybe down the road he'll be able to, but at this point, he I don't think he's a guy that can get really stretched out. Like no. When he's been stretched out in the past, he starts a few times, and then he gets hurt. He gets like shoulder inflammation, whatever it is, and he has not been able to get past, like, I forgot how many innings it is, but like he can't pitch that much. Um, maybe this is just because he's younger and he'll develop into a starter as time goes, but I think right now you're kind of looking at him to being uh, – potentially turning into like an elite elite setup man elite closer like something like that because he has the stuff to do it and mm -hmm. he can also go out and he can go pitch two innings or even three innings sometimes so i think he's a really versatile uh bullpen piece right now but i wouldn't say that he's going to be a starter this year or next year maybe in a couple of years if they want to retry kind of having him stretch out but it just hasn't worked where he hasn't been able to be healthy so i think it's really dependent on that yeah, I, I really like your idea, Matthew, just because we've seen glimpses of, in 2020, a very young Adrian Morahone starting games. And honestly, he was fantastic. Um, That's kind of been the theme with the Padres, young pitchers coming up, looking very good throughout their first couple of starts. But I felt like it was a little different with Adrian Morahone just because for Mackenzie Gore, it was, he looked fantastic, but he was throwing 60, 70% fastball. And his stuff wasn't, wasn't the best. So you knew eventually it was going to, take a little bit of a downturn ryan weathers same thing um but with adrian morahone he had pretty damn close to 100 miles per hour in velocity had a great knuckle change had great stuff was his location was fantastic so in that sense i think adrian morahone's a little different than the rest um but injury is always going to be a concern for him and you always want him to be in some sort of role whether it be out of the bullpen or as a starter so i was actually thinking about this today um maybe in a sense because i I want Nick Martinez to start, but it's also worth remembering that Nick Martinez hasn't started a game in a very long time. He hasn't been stretched out in a very long time. So maybe at most you want him pitching three or four innings at a time, right? And then you want Adrian Morhone pitching maybe two or three if you want to really, really push him. But I think that would be a much better recipe for success for success right now than having Sean Manaya out there. Um, granted, 
Bob Melvin is not going to sit Sean Mania. They're not going to do. They're not going to completely take him out of the loop. Um, maybe skip a start and then go from there. But I think in terms of what works best for the Padres right now, it's going with with your some of your bullpen guys, long reliever guys that have proven they can do it, and and I think that is going to yield yield you better results, especially against a team like the Dodgers. They've already roughed them up twice, man. Don't let them do it again. Um, and I think that is really the recipe for success over having what what has been on the mound as of late. Um, so stretching Morahone out is tough just because he hasn't done it in a while. Coming off coming off surgery hasn't really he's looked good, but of course, granted, he's gonna have those those rough patches. So um as a starter, I don't think it'll happen, but maybe as a two, three inning guy, it could very realistically happen this year. Okay, that's William Bradford DeGrom. Dude, no, that that was hilarious today. I I absolutely love when when position players come onto the mound. Hilarious. Um, but yeah, I don't know a, any other questions from you guys. I think we'll probably wrap it up here kind of shortly. But I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to think of like other pe- people to bring up. I think oh maybe Josh Bell. Josh Bell has been really good lately. A thousand OPS I'm, over the last seven games. Right, just yep, look right now. I I've been really happy to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Like Cornworth has been like kind of same. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like right, there's not really yeah. anything to talk about him. Yeah um what do you think okay this is this is a cool one this is a cool one um what do you think about pinch hitting players late in the game yesterday grisham crone um today cam rosario no hits from any i don't really like it dude i i'll be honest i feel like it kind of like gets guys out of the rhythm also there's some times where like players hit a lot better later in the games cronenworth for instance after he sees it for that bats like he usually like Occasionally he'll start out the game with like a big hit, like a home run or something, but he usually gets out his first time up almost every single game. Kim is the same way. Kim gets a bunch of hits late in the game. Like a lot of these guys hit like in certain spots. And I think that playing a full game of baseball going up and hitting four times, I think there's a lot more benefits of coming up in your fourth at bat. I I would love to see what the stats are on this. This -hmm. is like a super random idea that I just thought of, but I would love to see the stats on what are guys numbers in their third or fourth time up in a game compared to their first time. Because I think that would vary a lot. One, depending on player, but I also think just generally guys are probably going to have better numbers later on in games. Um, just coming up to the plate and being at, you know, seeing more pitches, even if it's a different pitcher, not necessarily like third time through the lineup. Cause I know that's a huge one, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like hitting later in games, I do feel like guys probably hit better in their fourth at bat than their first, but I don't know. I'm not a big fan. I completely see what you're saying. I think in terms of me playing, um, the first at bat was always kind of the hardest just because you're facing a pitcher that maybe you haven't seen too much. You haven't seen their stuff. So I think that is always the hardest. But come second or third at bat, I think I can speak for anyone that's that has ever played, even some of some of these guys. Um, second or third at bat is normally when you feel comfortable. That is when you're at your most comfortable. It also depends on if the same pitcher that you face in your first at bat is still up there. Um, that is actually probably the biggest factor because everyone knows, you know, normally it's the second or third time around the batting average against the pitcher starts going up the third time normally being the highest. That was, uh, I believe Denelson Lamette coming into 2020. He first time around, very good. Second time around, still pretty damn good. Third time around horrific. So, um, that is almost the case with every pitcher. Um, so in terms of what you're saying, yeah, you're absolutely right. Being able to get into the rhythm, but it all depends on if that pitch, same pitchers in the game, because you can do whatever scouting report you want, stuff like that. Um, but 
facing a brand new pitcher is very, very hard considering you already saw the stuff from the other pitcher. Now you got to adapt to something else. Um, so in terms of this question itself, I think in terms of it, baseball is a very weird sport where you look at a decision, an in-game decision, and it could be, you know, whatever you think of it. Oh, this is a good idea. I like it. Right. But then it gets roughed up and then it turns into a very bad idea. It's a very hindsight kind of sport where for the Padres, yes, this might not be working right now. But if you look at that Giants lineup from last year, this is essentially what won them ball games: being able to, to do matchups, being able to pinch hit guys at the right time and go by the matchups. Whereas that worked for them, and that really isn't working for this Padres team. So it's a very that's a very tough question. It's a very like, I think it's a very hindsight kind of thing. Whereas we're looking at it, if even one of the, or two of these guys get a hit, it's oh man. You know, I love this. Let's let's keep playing the matchups, right? So it's very hard to uh, very hard to gauge, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And also, um, iOS he says there's actually a Stafford baseball reference, and then he also brought up Cronenworth. Fantastic. Exactly what I was thinking, bro. Yeah, six sixty four OPS first time up, second time seven, and this is exactly what you were saying too, Isaac. The second to third time up is like the the, the best kind of spot. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's I think that's a good question though. I think it's it's interesting like to see that because you bring up the Giants and I think that's a perfect ex- example of like of it helping a team where they're like this guy either hits better against against this pitcher specifically or he is a platoon player. Mm-hmm. And then this year you saw early on when they um oh my god who was it they have a guy, Jock Peterson Jock can't hit lefties oh, yeah. mm-hmm. bro he's in the lineup against lefties still and you want to know his numbers against lefties awful. Absolutely mm-hmm. horrible. And he started yep. out the year super hot. He was an all-star. And now his numbers have fallen off quite a bit. Yep. I wonder if they kind of, I don't know. I haven't been too locked into the Giants, but I wonder if they kind of started to, maybe they were platooning him a little bit more early on in the season. And they were like, hey, this guy's been so hot. Like, let's get him out here and let's have him hit left once in a while. I feel like you get kind of a little bit too excited sometimes where it's like, we know who this guy is. He hits in these spots. So I think matchup is, is definitely a thing to bring in, but also, it's interesting when you bring in a, another variable and well, what's the guy's, you know, how does he adjust throughout the game? When does he hit the best? Does he hit best in late game? So I think that's ultimately like you're it, like, you're saying it's hindsight, but it's also like, there's a lot of different factors to look at, mm-hmm. which might make you think like this is a good idea or this is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally you'll have a, you know, in every sport, you'll have either a pitcher come in or whoever come in or a guy come up to bat. And you're like, why in the world are they doing this? And then, and then everyone's thinking yeah. it. And it even happens in MLB managing. Um, and I haven't, I have to say, I haven't seen too much of that from Bob Melvin this year. There's been a couple times, but I felt like in past, I feel like Andy Green, Chase Tingler, I was kind of losing it, like almost yeah. slightly, it felt like sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's just because the Potters were losing more too. That's probably part of it as well. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely like something that it's just, it's hard to kind of determine, okay, what's the right move here? Because there's a lot of different things. You can look at a lot of different numbers. Um, and when it's like a fringe decision, it's, it's tough to decide, but I don't know. Isaac, anything else you want to bring up before we bounce? Nah, uh, I think that's it. All right, guys. Well, I think that's probably gonna do it for tonight. Um, we will be posting something probably on Josh Hader tomorrow. Um, and then I think we're going to have probably a Friar talk Tuesday and Tuesday and then Wednesday, uh, we got to see if Hum Baby wants to hop back on because that was fun last time when we brought him on. No. So hopefully we'll see if we can do something with him again for the Giants series because it's a, it's a three-game series, then Thursday's off day, right? Yep. Okay, so yeah, so we'll do that, and then we'll hopefully get a couple of episodes out later on in the week. Um, but I think that's probably going to do it for tonight. So thank you guys for hopping on. 
and we'll talk to you guys in the next couple days. See you guys.